Mammography is um, dear to my heart because that, although all, any medical profession, you're dealing with people, you're serving people, but mammography is different because it's so, it's personal. I figured you were saying, huh? Personal. Um, and you you are, I feel like I'm literally saving lives. Every patient that I encounter, um, of course, you know, they're probably 90% of the patients mm-hmm. that I interact with, clean bill of health. But every now and again, you know, that would say 10%, you know, unfortunately you have member, you know, ladies who are diagnosed with a breast cancer. Wow. And, and then, you know, it's time for us to love on them. Why? Time to embrace change and be about that life. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Dr. Bass, the Lifestyle MD. And again, I am here to talk to you in October about breast cancer awareness. As you know, breast cancer is the number one cancer in women and the second leading cause of cancer death. Unfortunately, African-Americans are disproportionately affected due to multiple reasons. And I wanted to get to the heart of why that is. Now, in some cases, it is just uh, not having access to care. But even when access is available, what we see is that oftentimes we, we just aren't aware of, let's say, what services they are. So today I'll talk to you about one of the key things. Well, I won't talk to you. I have an expert with me, uh, Ms. Delicia Wilson, who is what we call a mammography expert, a technician. This is something that I'm not familiar with, but I brought her in to talk about what mammography is, how it's beneficial to you, but we're going to learn a little bit about her first. So, Ms. Wilson, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what made you get into mammography? So, my career path was actually gifted to me. It was selected for me, Um, but opportunity presented itself and I was able, able to venture off into the mammography modality, and here I am, 10 years later. Now, now, what? Now you said it was gifted to you. Now, how did you move into this? But what's the process? Because I'm sure there are people out there that are wondering, how do I, you know, get into radiology or mammography or those type things? Because it sounds super complex. I'll tell you that much. It is not. It's literally a program, much like any other program that you would pursue. It's a two-year program if you were to pursue it on in the civilian sector. Military, a little bit shorter, a little bit different, but still the same training, still the same information. Um, once you go through the two-year program, you test uh, for certification. Once you're certified, you're a professional, wow. you're a technologist. Wow. So two years, you learn. Now, how many? Now, now you do. Now, you can go pretty much any, um, I guess, field in radiology. What made you pick mammography? What made you choose that one? Mammography is um, dear to my heart because that, although all, any medical profession, you're dealing with people, you're serving people. But mammography is different because it's so, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's personal. I figured you'd say, huh? Personal. Um, And you you are, I feel like I'm literally saving lives. Every patient that I encounter, um, of course, you know, they're probably 90% of the patients Mm. that I interact with or that I examine. Clean bill of health. I see them the next year and the next year and they're good to go. But every now and again, you know, that will say 10 percent. You know, unfortunately, you have member, you know, ladies who are diagnosed with a breast cancer. And And then, you know, it's time for us to love on them. Why? Wow. That is beautiful. And to know that 
you chose something. And most times when, when I think of radiologists, I think of a dark room, you're just reading, but that's the, that's the other side of it. That's the other side of it, right? Because I know as a cardiologist, sometimes I can just start reading echoes. I had never seen the patient, but I'm reading echoes. But the fact that you, you feel that personal connection and you mentioned 10%. Well, again, that is true. We know that, you know, breast cancer is, you know, impacts, you know, 12.5% of women. So one in eight women uh, are affected. Right. And when you think about that number, unfortunately, African-American women, um, again, who are near to my heart, I'm a son, I'm a husband, I'm a father. And we have a tendency to present later, present with uh, higher stage disease. So, again, knowing that African-Americans and communities of color oftentimes present later, is there a role for mammography to uh, allow for early detection in breast cancer? Early detection is key. It is it's key. The I say the sooner we detect the cancer, the earlier, obviously, that we're able to halt it, stop it from metastasizing, growing. So the earlier, the better. Um, obviously, in order to do so, you have to be, um, you know, I, I tell ladies that you have to be um, familiar with your breasts. Mm-hmm. You have to be familiar with your bodies. And most women, we are. We know our bodies. So just being willing to do those self-breast exams um, and having those conversations, those formal risk assessment conversations mm-hmm. with our providers um, and knowing our, you know, our family history. Absolutely. The earlier, you know, the better the prognosis, the better the outcome for most patients. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's powerful. So part of it is knowing yourself. The second part is having a relationship with your uh, primary provider. Um, and then finally, you know, doing something that we don't. Well, I know that I don't do really well. And that is uh, knowing your history, right? Talking to, to grandma, grandpa, you know, talking to the folks um, because, you know, certain breast cancers have a large genetic component, meaning. Uh, and I know that individuals who have a family history of breast cancer uh, are also at higher risk. Now, I, I you know many of the tests in cardiology I've had. I've had a, a echo. I've had a stress test. I've had EKGs. I've had. I have I can't relate. I don't I don't know what to tell my patients what to expect with the mammogram. Um, I know many of them say it's uncomfortable and painful and I'm and I can pat them on the back. I can't relate. What goes on uh, as much as you can tell us um, with the mammogram? What happens? Honestly, it's not as bad as most women have heard. Okay. Um, And I think that that is one of those factors that prevent a lot of women from coming in to see us. Mm -hmm. It's because they've been told by mother and mama and aunt Mm -hmm. and and cousin, girl, it hurts. Right. That's what I get. Uncomfortable, but it shouldn't be painful. Mammograms should not be painful. I think if you um, for for, I would say the the majority of mammographers, we do understand the complexity of what we do. Mm-hmm. And so we tend to be a little bit more gentle with our patients. So okay. I think just being willing to, um, th- that mammographer being willing to explain the procedure, it's a very quick, easy procedure. I mean, or should I say exam? Okay. Four views. We literally take, I don't like to use the, the term pictures, mm-hmm. but to, for lack of better words, we literally take four pictures of the breasts. Wow. And... It takes longer for the the lady to disrobe or change into the gown mm-hmm. than the actual exam itself. How fast is the exam? If you don't mind me. Very yet. quick. We literally bring our patients in. Um, I would say if, if, if it's a first 
first time visiting mm-hmm. a baseline appointment. It takes a little bit longer because you want to explain, you want to, Got you know, it. make your patient comfortable mm-hmm. and explain what you're doing because, of course, it's a very sensitive area. Right. So we explain what we're doing, why we're doing it. But literally, we're taking the breast, placing it on a plate, compressing the breast, which is not the fun part, but okay. it's not the worst. Um, we do it for both breasts. We take um, a top to bottom view mm-hmm. and a left to right view, and that's it. That's it. That's it. Wow. She so said, don't listen to what. What you've heard. You said don't listen to mom. Okay, now, you know, if you say don't listen to mama and grandma, okay, now, she said, I didn't say don't listen to mama and grandma. She said that, yeah, I don't. But I will say this. The new technology, technology today is so much better. Okay. It's so much better. So I do believe that maybe in, you know, times before that equipment, maybe even seasoned technologies, mm-hmm. they probably were a little bit, uh, I guess, would say rough. Okay. Uh, and you know the 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 equipment may have called for more compression, but now not the case. You not have three D uh, mammograms where where literally you compress the breast just enough, and that tower will scan the breast, give you a nice three D wow. image. It's so much better. It's wow. so much better, and it's so helpful. The earlier, the better. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, just to hear because again, like I say, I hear it as the cardiologist and them complaining. I mean, I think I had one patient come in, had a mammogram, and said she had chest pain. I said, "Well, what? In the, it wasn't a heart <laughs> chest pain." But it was, I said, "Ma'am, I don't know what the." But I, I knew we she needed it, and it, it harkens me back to a, an, an old adage where they talk about an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And and I think in terms of breast cancer, uh, early detection and management. Um, that's important. Now, I know that uh, although breast cancer predominantly occurs in women, there are small subsets of men who have had breast cancer. Now, have you ever seen a ma- had a man get a mammogram? Or Yes. It doesn't happen very often, but, you know, yes, I have. Wow. Honestly, um, a lot of times it's due to... Um, uh, supplements for our younger. Mm-hmm. I, I I tend to see with the younger patients, they come in because they have enlarged breast tissue, right? Gynecomastia, mm-hmm. which is sometimes just simply from taking too many supplements to go to the gym. Wow. And but I have had older gentlemen, and even I would say as young as maybe forty ish. Honestly, forget the age that wow. was diagnosed with breast cancer. My goodness, yeah, and it, it is a small proportion, but that's. I mean, when I was reading the the um, information to try to prepare for this, I saw that segment and I said, man, that's unsettling. But to know that, I guess, men, we need to know our breast tissue or our pecs, too. You know, you just, just don't touch them for the gym. Look at them and make sure that you don't have anything and know your history. That's the other thing, Absolutely. knowing that if you had mothers and sisters and, and you know, a father or a brother or so uh, to make that same move. Well, I can tell you, I've learned a ton and hopefully, and I'm not going to say hopefully, I'm going to say, I know that this is going to help me explain to my patients and hopefully as my patients or different individuals that I talk to see this, they'll understand that again, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, but it starts with early detection and knowing your breasts. Now, if you had any final things to tell folks as, as we uh, kind of transition out of here about mammography or breast health or uh, whatever you, you want, uh, let them know. So what I will say is a, a, a question that I get um, quite often is, when do I start to, you know, when do I start to have mammograms? And typically it's 40. Okay. 
Okay. Um, there are some other factors that come into play, again, such as family history. So if mom was diagnosed at 40, then daughter would be died. I'm correction, daughter would be screened at 30. So 10 years before the age. If grandmother was diagnosed at 45, daughter would be uh, screened at 35. Another thing is with African-Americans, we tend to, um, we're, we're more susceptible to breast cancer. Um, and for the women who are diagnosed, we, for whatever reason, unknown, um, it, it, it is the more aggressive form of breast cancer, which is inflammatory breast cancer. So I would say, um, you know, again, know, know your breasts, be uh, aware of uh, your resources, but definitely for African-American women, just understand that it's not an old woman's disease, it's not an old woman's cancer. Right. Literally, you can, you can be diagnosed at 20, 30 years old. Uh, also, I've, I, I've had the question, um, when should I stop having mammograms? Right. That's another and I say, I tell my patients, as long as you have the breasts, and as long as you're concerned with breast cancer, you continue to go. I've, I've examined a patient as old as 90, and I've had a patient who was 70 that said that, I don't even want to know if, if I do. I'm at the end of my life as, you know, her words, mm -hmm. not mine. And I'm not concerned, and she decided to not come anymore. Wow. So 40 is the start, but again, know your breasts, do the self-breast exams, um, have conversations with your provider. If you're unable to afford, you know, even if, you know, just being able to cover the cost. Right. There are so many resources available that those mammograms are free, completely free of charge. You just have to look into the resources in your community. Wow. Well, thank you so much again. I feel like I'm empowered, I'm educated, and I'm energized to talk to my patients about breast cancer awareness and mammography. Now, when we think about how to live or if we're gonna be about that life, again, remember that life is living intentionally forever. Thank you. We truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, share it with a friend, leave a comment, and certainly join us for our next episode of the About That Life podcast.